I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 158. Yes, tonight we'll be tackling the issues 18, parts 5 through 8 of Wrath of the First Lantern. Yes, this puts us halfway through, right? Yes. <clears throat> Alright. Yeah. Are you, are you excited yet? <laughs> That's good. Alright. <laughs> All right, so, well, let's start at the top then, shall we? Uh, and we'll, we'll start at the first part of this month's books. All right, you you don't think this is the the best one in here? No. Interesting. No. All right, well, well, we'll get to that. All right, so Green Lantern 18, uh, written by Jeff Johns, art by... Okay, let's see, where is the title page here? Because the art shifts back and forth here. Yeah. Uh, uh, art. Artie and art, Syaf. And, uh, the comic-y, you know, cartoony type stuff. Yeah, and the uh, the Dead Zone art was Simon... There's a Z in there after the <laughs> S. I don't know how do you say that, but I'm going to say it's Simon. And, Zayman. Uh, S-Z-Y-M-O-N. Zaymon. Zaymon? It doesn't matter. Anyway, Simon... Kudransky. What? Okay. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so. So. Simon Baz. I almost tried to call him that guy. You know, he just got sucked into Black Hand's ring, and he's he wakes up. You know, next to Sinestro and Hal, as you know, you know Tomar was just telling them what's up with everything, and. They're all freaking out, like, oh, great, this guy was our only shot at getting out, and he's trapped here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's when they notice, hey, he still has his ring on, and it's glowing. So we, we can get out of here. And Hal and Sinestro start fighting over the ring. Uh, Simon, <laughs> like a badass, pulls out his gun, shoots Sinestro in the chest, which, you know, dead zone doesn't really matter. Um... Meanwhile, outside, Black Hand is fighting those, you know, the other Guardians who are trapped in the the box, whatever. The Templar uh, Guardians. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's actually what they called them at, at one point. In Like, in the story? Yeah. Alright. I guess Jeff Johns plays Assassin's Creed. Um... <laughs> And this is going poor. Black Hand is holding back Guardians until Bidge intervenes. Which, alright. Um, uh, shoots a beam into Black Hand's ring to try and yank Simon out. Uh, while this is all going on, Tomar continues to play Exposition Fairy, talking about the history of Volthoom, which we'll get to in a bit. <coughs> um, just then, the, uh, the light from from Bidge's ring, snares Simon and starts to, you know, in like a very, very kind of ascending into heaven sort of way, pull him out of the ring. But on the way, uh, Simon duplicates the ring and it shoots a copy out. And Hal and Sinestro are fighting over it. Sinestro totally cheats, makes Hal waver, and gets the ring and is yanked out. Where he has... Yep. Yoinked right out where he has Simon in a headlock because he's, you know, grateful. Yeah, and. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> and, uh. It's meanwhile. Pit, pit, pit bull song. 
Alrighty. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a thing. Uh, meanwhile, Hal's like, you know what? Oh wait, uh, what is he? Is because is Black Hand stuck in here now too? Yes, he's okay. now in the dead zone. Yeah, that happened somehow. So whatever, Black Hand's in the dead zone now. Uh, Hal's like, well, screw it. I'll just use Black Hand's black ring to get out, but it doesn't work. It rejects him uh, because Hal is still at least half alive, and so is the will alive. So Hal's like, well. What if I wasn't? And he, it's a great ending shot of him just looking over this epic cliff. He's half alive, but he feels mostly dead. Yes. So you didn't like this? Oh, no. I, it's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't think it was the best issue. Okay. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good issue. Uh, I don't think it was great. I think... I don't know. Like this, The things that are happening in the dead zone just kind of like I don't know, it kind of like slows the whole story down for me I completely disagree because this, the scenes in the dead zone are after after all of last month's issues the scene in the dead zone actually had shit happening like we got to see characters actually interacting with each other and, and we got explanation on Valthum's past, like this is I want, like, the contents of this issue are what I wanted to see in the last four issues. (laughs) You know, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, it's the tone. The tone of the Dead Zone, and definitely the different art style. Um, I don't know, it just, it it gives me this this feeling that I'm just not that happy with. Um, and, and I mean, the exposition on Volthoom, while it's informative, I don't think it was portrayed in a very interesting way. You just have Tomar Ray just kind of like, you know, telling this quick little story that takes place over, you know, the bottom half of a two-page spread, and he's just saying it. Yeah, but at the same time, they used... I mean, this is where I think the art style really works. It's like, during like that those four panels where he's like he's like it crossed like the middle bomb of that those two pages yeah. like they really play with the lighting and shadow to really like give it kind of like a i don't, don't want to say epic but like a really like moody and really kind of i don't know reading reading it, even just those four panels made me like it really hit me with the fact that jeff john's loves, I don't know, giving, like, a mythology feel to Green Lantern. You know, like... We should say, like, the what we find out about Valthum in this issue is yeah. that... Um, you know, he was... You know, he... The, you know, we already know, he, tr- he traveled to the Guardians back when Krona was first making his discovery about, you know, the origins of the universe... Uh, he, you know, he was there with the Guardians when they unlocked the power of the emotional spectrum. He was the first being to ever wield its energy, and that made him the first Lantern. But he refused to share this power, and instead went out into the universe being a sadistic, psychotic serial killer, basically. He tortured and killed millions 
the Manhunters were built as a force to try and help the Guardians capture and contain Volthoom, which, you know, didn't go exactly right. And then we also get the little detail that, you know, because he's inherently linked to the first light of creation, you can't kill him without possibly wiping out the universe, which is why they had him locked away all this time instead of, you know, dead or something. And like, like that, right? That like, like we could, like we could have inferred some of that, but I just like the fact that it was said. And I love the, the detail of, you know, he basically, he is the chaotic evil that caused the Guardians to become the Guardians. You know, he is their grand fuck up. <laughs> like, he is the reason the Manhunters were built to begin with. Yeah, so, yeah, like, so when they, it used to be, the, you know, the, the way the mythology used to go was that after... Corona looked back at the beginning of the universe. He thereby unleashed evil on the universe, um, which then the Guardians fell responsible for, and then you know decided to build the Manhunters and then the Green Lanterns. And you know what? That what you just said right there still works as a description exactly. of this new thing. Yeah. Yeah. They just they never really clarified what the evil was. Yeah, it was always just in general. Now there's chaos and evil. I think at one time they clarified it so that by looking at the beginning, they linked it to the end. And yeah, took there off, was like a couple of million years, which killed a lot of people. Yeah, I think that was that Ganthet's tale. Yeah. Yes, but you know this. It's it strikes me as as similar to what Jeff Johns did with Parallax. You know, where, like, like it's something that was just inherent as a concept, but then he gave a face to it, you know? Right. Which, again, I mean, I I think, you know, after my theory from last, uh, last episode, um, you know, Parallax may still have a part in this. Yeah. So, I, the thing that I, you know, was uh, curious about is that, like, you know, Tomar Ray even says, you know, Voltum was a mysterious explorer from an unknown time and an unknown place. So nobody has any idea who he is. Like, do the Guardians know, you think? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they've had enough time to check it out. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, you would think that the Guardians would... No, I, I don't know. Oh, God, you know what? What? Ah, oh, fucking damn it. Because I really don't want you to be right that, well, I don't think we even said this week, but, like, your theory was that Volthoom is, like, alternate whatever Hal Jordan. Yes, a, a version of Hal Jordan. Yeah. I I really don't... I don't want that to be true, mostly because... I came up with the theory? Well, not that... Not just that, but there's just... There's so little time left to do anything with it. I feel like we're going to get the reveal at basically, like, with, like, an issue or two left and then it's either going to get dropped or the people who really liked it aren't going to get to play with it at all. So it's like, at this point I would just rather like, okay, just let Volthoom be Volthoom and just let us learn what, who or what that means in the new 52, you know, like 
Like, don't give us some stupid mystery. Just start. Just use the time you have more wisely. But... Well, I mean, are are you getting at, like, you would like... Do you... In the end, would you like it that they just never actually reveal who Volthoom is and that he's just some dude? Yeah, like, I... In the end, I would love it if Volthoom was just a guy named Volthoom. Like, yeah, I want them to explain where he came from and maybe, like, you know, if you have a twist on that or something, fine, but, like, I don't know. How... uh, Make him an alternate Hal Jordan? I don't know. But something I just realized is probably gonna feed into you being right really strongly is that this he, Volthoom is probably the reason they never had any humans in the core for so long. That would definitely back things up. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, in, in addition to the whole white white land, you know, white entity being on Earth. Although we don't know if that's if that holds true any longer. So. Yeah. Yeah, like I, like I, like you're, like I would, uh, like I would like it so much better if, because look, this story is like sixteen issues long. If they were not just spinning their wheels in most of those issues, I would like to see a story like this play out. But yeah. it's like, it's like, all right, we're basically go, we basically got like issue 20 of Green Lantern to pay off everything. And issue 19 comes out next month, or this month, or whatever. Yeah, Green Lantern 19's already out. (laughs) Yeah, so it's probably gonna be, it's gonna be one of those, like, we're gonna find, we're gonna get this big reveal last minute, and then scene. Well, I don't know, like, it could be the kind of origin that you don't need a lot of, you know, a, a lot of explanation. You know, like, it could just be, like, two pages where they show an alternate version of Hal Jordan who's, like, you know, this insane madman bent on <clears throat> fixing, you know, the destruction of Coast City or whatever like that. And he ends up going through, you know, to the beginning of time and is able to rewrite it or Whatever, who knows? Or maybe, um, maybe they won't even necessarily spell it out, but they'll like they'll leave so many clues in there. Like, it, like they'll make it clear Volthoom is kind of like, like, like how Jordan is his own greatest enemy, kind of things. Or like Volthoom yeah, yeah. is like what Hal could have been and all that. And like, like you can right. you can kind of put together for yourself if you want to, kind of thing. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I like it because. You know, if you have him as Volthoom, you know, as uh, Hal Jordan, then when he inevitably ends up becoming a Black Lantern, then, you know, they can kind of face off against each other. You know, it's like Hal Jordan, you know, using the power of white and he's evil against a version of Hal Jordan that's using the power of black for the forces of good. Yeah, and so, I mean, like... That's a, di- a dichotomy that I would definitely enjoy seeing. Yeah, and it would go with like the the metatextual nature of Volthoom already has too, with like what he's been doing with his power. Um. Also, the other thing is uh, when when you're in the chamber of shadows, 
you have the guardians who are harnessing, you know, the white energy, mm. and you know, mm. Black Hand is kind of like basically taking them apart, and then Bridge comes in and you know, like knocks them down. Mm. Like, I wonder if white and black are, are, you know, either evenly matched or black has an upper hand to white. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And then green, you know, changes the balance. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we would have been able to answer that better if we read this right after Blackest Night. But, Whatever. I do, I do like, I love, I immediately fell in love with the inter, the, the relationship between Sinestro and Simon. Because it's so antagonistic right out of the gate. It's amazing. <laughs> he, he, like, Simon pulls a gun on Sinestro, shoots him dead. Sinestro gets back up. Simon's just like, hey, uh, sorry, man. You, uh, we, uh, we, we cool? <laughs> and, like, they're gonna be mortal enemies forever. Not necessarily. Oh, God. Baz is almost like the child of Hal Jordan and Sinestro. Because mm-hmm. he encompasses two, the both of them. Yes. Uh, I really do, like, I know you didn't really like it, but I, I loved the feel I got off of the the art in this issue. Like, first of all, I love the fact that they used two different art styles for the two different realms. I wish they had been doing that the whole time. And I kind I love I love the fact that for this they chose an art style that it you know it's it's a little distorted. It makes you a little uncomfortable. I don't know. I feel like it works with like the kind of effect they were going for and the kind of place it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> to each his own. Yeah, and that last page. Come on, that's awesome. That is cool. I think it's odd that Black Hand somehow got sucked into his own ring. Yeah, I don't understand how that yeah. happened. I don't even know when... Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's, like, it's like in Futurama... Where they each put their hand in the box and pulled out the box that has their own universe in it. <laughs> yes. So they have their own universe in a box within their universe. Yeah. Also, did you know? Did you notice like the panel borders and everything for like the these other world scenes? How it's all like messy and like overwashed with ink and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Yes, I like that. And this is a good issue. I like this issue. Yeah, definitely a good issue. I this is a definite buy. Oh God, yes. Um, absolutely. And I, I do like the, uh, what do you call it? The, I like the difference in art styles for the two different realms. It's just that the, I think, for me personally, I think the, the Dead Zone one was like, I don't know, a little too dreary for me to really be entertained by it. I, I don't know, it's, it's difficult because, like, I understand what they're going for. And in theory, I appreciate it, but I don't know, somewhere along the line, it just, I don't know, I guess I would have liked it better if it was a little different. Did you like the fact that Jeff Johns was Hal Jordan in this issue? <laughs> oh, is he, was he definitely based off him? 
I well, I didn't. I haven't seen anything saying that, but you know, you'll look at a picture of Jeff Johns, and then you'll look at that first page. It's yeah. it's it's him. <laughs> it definitely. He was definitely based off somebody. Is like he, <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, photo reference you can tell from that style. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So core. Yes, indeed. Go for Green, it. Green Lantern Core eighteen. <clears throat> Written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Criss Cross, which, you know, this is the guy that drew the uh, annual that closed off the uh, Rise of the Third Army. Also, Criss Cross will make you jump. Jump. This, this is not your day for music, I don't think. Actually, it is my day for music. I'm just going to keep on going with it. Yeah. Any chance I get. Oh, thank you ever so much. So. <clears throat> I just remember, I saw this, his name in the credits, and I immediately remembered myself saying how it made no sense that he would draw the Green Lantern Corps annual and then not be one of the new artists on the books coming up. But, you know, he got to jump into Green Lantern Corps again, so that's kind of nice. Um, so, Jon Stewart and Fatality are both strung up in the first Lanterns, you know, his whole emotional web thingy where he goes through, through their lives, just like with Guy Gardner. It's, it's great. Um, and he's, he basically explores such possibilities as <clears throat> what if Jon Stewart had been able to keep his mother from being shot? What if he focused entirely on architecture and never went into the Marines? What if he did kill himself after the explosion of Zanshi. What if Fatality did kill him for it? What if she killed him and then he double killed her? <laughs> what if he did accept the invitation to become an Alpha Lantern way back in core? What if he... What was the other one? Oh yeah, what if... What if Black Lantern John Stewart killed Blue Lantern Kyle Rayner? What if Blue Lantern Kyle Rayner killed Black Lantern John Stewart? What if the trial of John Stewart ended with his execution? What if John had his neck snapped by Kurt? And that's basically it. That's they're they're like I summarize it that way because that it literally was just that series of events that yeah. just has sort of happened. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of <clears throat> kind of a nice little nod in here. The whole like what if you know what happens with your mom led to you becoming just an architect and not military because that's the version of him that used to exist before the Justice League cartoon. Because, like, the military thing was retconned in afterwards. Okay. I don't know. What do you think of this issue? <laughs> um, you know, well, first off, I, I wasn't really a fan of the art. Um, yeah, there yeah. were... There are bits in here which was really nice, but not the whole thing. Yeah, no, uh, there are a lot of lot of parts that were just kind of weird looking. Um, 
Oh, and that that two page spread where the you know first lantern is looking at their histories. Like, there's a giant glaring error in there. Yeah, I don't think Crisscross knows that Fatality isn't Boudica. Yeah. Yeah, no. Fatality was never an Alpha Lantern. Now, there was a time where she was wearing a green battle suit, which she would go and hunt Kyle Rayner with. Um, but that was probably what he was going for and completely fucked up. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> but uh, uh God Can I ask you why was Fatality even in this? Because I mean I think I feel like the only reason she was even involved in this issue was so they could make that point like about halfway through about, you know, them and their relationship and where it would ultimately lead like that scene of them killing each other and like the the heart blood floating yeah. in space. Um That's I guess of... that and the fact that they were traveling together. Yeah, I guess. But well Honestly, there wasn't a lot of point to go after her, but by the same token, there's not really a lot of point to go after John Stewart either. Yeah. And, like, this, like, I love Jon Stewart. He's probably my favorite human lantern lately. And this issue sucked. Was like, yeah. like, Tomasi had, it, he, he really had nothing to say yeah. about this character other than that one, you know, that one page where he and Fatality kill each other. Like, that, I think, was the only thing. I feel like this entire issue was just to get that moment. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean there's so many like this jumps around so frantically that none of it really has any impact except for the double murder thing yeah I think that's a, that goes right back to it because like he he had no clear like he had nothing really left to explore or say about Jon Stewart yeah so what we got was that one moment and then the rest of it became like kind of a greatest hits of like everything that happened to John since the last Green Lantern Corps number one. Yeah, and with the what you call with the Alpha Lantern thing, like they don't really explain why he's going after Kilowog or Guy or anything like that. So that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, it's just like, you know, oh, and what if, you know, when you were a Black Lantern, things went a little differently? Oh, what if they went a little differently in the other direction? Uh, what happens if, you know, you weren't the one to snap someone's neck? What if you were the one to get your nap snacked? It's just like, it's bullshit. Yeah. You know, this well, this was bullshit. And did you notice that throughout this issue, John and Fatality kind of would randomly go back and forth from being in costume and being naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they were straight up naked. Yeah, except in some panels where it's very clearly like them strung up normal, like it looks like they have costumes on, but um... then or like they accidentally 
Like, there is a bunch where you can't tell from the lighting, you know, is that a black neckline or is that just skin? And sometimes they forgot and drew on a seam. Um, no, I think they're naked in every scene. It's just that there's also the other versions of them. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Next to them, so... You know, it gets a little confusing at some points, but they're definitely naked. I don't know why they're all naked, but... Yeah, I think this is the only time we see them naked when they're, like, being being tortured by Volthoom. Like, every other character is just wearing their regular clothes. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe when Volthoom found them, they were naked. Hmm. I mean, maybe something was going on between them. I mean, something, something. I mean, I would like to see if that comes up, because like <laughs> I think, oh shut up, because <laughs> I think Fatality is supposed to be like one of the the main characters in Core going forward. Okay. So I mean, they're going to explore the relationship between these two probably in a bunch of different ways. So if they wanted to call back to this, that would be fine. Yeah. But, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't, I can't really in good conscience say, well, this definitely is not a buy. No, this is a pass. Yeah, this I don't is... think that this is even a borrow. I wanted so badly for this to be a buy. Just yeah. But this, this is just like that stupid Green Lantern 49 during Blackest Night where they give us a Jon Stewart issue that's all introspective and stuff about the stuff he's done, and it's just crappy. Yeah. And, what you call it, uh, additionally, I like I like the cover. I, I do really like the cover. Oh, yeah, it's a nice cover. But between the cover and also the two-page spread, there's no Dark Star Jon Stewart. Which, I mean, like, there's really no reason why they couldn't. Yeah. You know why that couldn't still happen or exist? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially like if you're going to keep the Valdarian aspect of Guy Gardner. I was just thinking that. <laughs> why wouldn't you keep the Dark Star aspect of Jon Stewart? It's just it's kind of stupid. I know, it's like, well, we have this food that's clearly poison. We'll keep that in the fridge. But this milk is going to go bad in like another 2 hours. Let's throw that out. <laughs> Yeah, like that, but the Boudica uh, on the two-page spread is just, you know, come on. It, it, this, who, who's the editor on this one? Uh, let me look. Matt Idelson and uh, Neil Moss or something like that? Uh, Matt Idelson editor, associate editor Will Moss. Yeah, come on, guys. Like, seriously, that's that, that's 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 poor. That's poor quality control. <sighs> I will say, I want to say some one good thing about the art in here. That shot where a uh, Blue Lantern Kyle is killing Black Lantern John. That's really well done. Like the art is really good. The coloring and use of lighting really good. It uses like the 
the exaggerated style on Zombie John's face works really nicely. So that right there, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so New oh. Guardians, uh, yes. number 18? Yep, go for it. Okay, this one is uh, written by Tony Bedard. Um, there are three different artists because there's three distinct sequences. I'm surprised you wanted this issue. Yeah, uh, um, this was this was absolutely my favorite favorite book of the month. Are you really? Yes, totally really? serious. Yes. Really? Yep. I, inter- interesting. Yep. Okay. So. Really. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, go, go on. Go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So you have uh, Hendry Presetio, um, the artist of the Carol Ferris sequence. Jim Calafiore from Super Show. Uh, he did oh, the, yeah. the Larfleet sequence. And oh, that's right. He actually had pages from this comic. Um, and Javier uh, Polito, the artist of the Saint Walker sequence. Okay, so you have Saint Walker putting uh, Saint Walker. You have the first first Lantern putting Saint Walker, Larfleas, and Carol Ferris in three different scenarios, uh, trying to, I guess, alter their emotional um, states so that he could feed off of them. So the first one is uh, you have Carol Ferris, and the you know the change here is that instead of taking over her father's company, um, she decided to basically stay in the military. Um, her father had to end up selling the uh, the company, or either that or she did. And it was bought by a company called Leviathan, and it was liquidated, and, like, that was that. So now you have Carol Ferris, who is now, I guess, the commanding officer over Hal Jordan. And, uh, like, they, they're being attacked by these drones, which look like mantis, you know, kind of flying mantises. Um, Manta rays? Yeah. Whatever. Amantha's looks completely different than this. <laughs> Flying manta rays. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, throughout the course of the story, they, you know, they're fighting them, and it turns out that it's an attack from Atlantis, uh, which then you, you put two and two together, and Leviathan, the company that bought Carol Ferris's, you know, aircraft, um, you know, Leviathan, that's, you know, it, it's basically Atlantis. Yeah. So, uh, in her story, you know, since Leviathan supplied the military with all of their electronics, they can't actually fight back. So she takes uh, one, you know, takes her plane and says, okay, well, if I can't fight back, then I'm just going to fly this ship right into their flagship submarine deal and uh, and blow it up. You know, and, you know, she's basically hoping to uh, use her at the ejector seat and get out in time, but that's jam. So, you know, she says that she'd happily, you know, give her life for her, her people because, you know, she, she loves her, her, you know, her crew. Uh, 
last moment she realizes, you know, what's going on, you know, that it's a fake reality. She realizes that it's wrong. You know, she manifests the sapphire powers and, you know, her ring, you know, appears to her. And then she flies off to find Kyle. Um, and so there was like a big, uh, what do you call it? Um, I guess kind of like some hidden, or not really hidden, some just animosity between her and Hal. Um, much like they are in, you know, regular continuity, just without the, you know, undertones of love. Um, so you got that. Then you have the Larflees story where the first lantern keeps on trying to give Larflees what he wants. <laughs> and his greed keeps showing through. <laughs> like, uh, he gives him his family back and, uh, it's his son's birthday party. And he goes to give him a gift and he can't, can't bring himself to let go of the present to actually give to the son. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then later on he ends up, uh, making him a, a blue lantern. Um, and when the first lantern <laughs> tries to siphon off some of his emotional energy, Larfi pleases like, you know, yeah, get away from me. My emotions are my own. <laughs> First Lantern just gives up with him. <laughs> and then you have St. Walker, who, uh, in this scenario, he is a Green Lantern, and he was able to save not only his planet, but also his family. And uh, the First Lantern, you know, makes a point of saying that joy, you know, it's not really, um, not really a, a strong um, emotion. It doesn't really give him that much, but since there's so much joy because of what he had done that, you know, it, it's, uh, it suffices. Uh, so in this particular story there, the guardians try and lure St. Walker off of his home world, you know, and he'll be away for like weeks. So, you know, when he finds out that he's going to be away for so long, he runs back, you know, to basically say goodbye. At which point he realizes that he was being taken off the planet as a diversion because the uh, the third army is there trying to you know convert you know all the members of his race, um, and he gets back just in time to see his his family get you know absorbed into the third army. At which point he like you know he captures them and he manifests his hope again, and he uses his hope to actually. Um, bring them back from the, you know, the, the third army conversion, um, basically, you know, shining through his, his hope through the, uh, the fake reality. Well, that's basically it. Hmm. Um, what you call it? He makes a point of, of, of saying, um, and, you know, the very, actually the very last thing that he says, uh, as far as these three not really basically working out, um, all three of them, you know, showed right, you know, they were able to see right through it, you know, in the end, uh, as if like maybe Kyle Rayner had opened their minds a bit, hmm. but he says it matters not, you know, where she went to Carol Ferris, the last of these 
new guardians, and he says that in quotes, has yeah. the emotion that will, you know, give me all the power I need, rage. <laughs> now, when he says that, new guardians, it's like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you know, Hal Jordan was a new guardian, and he was one of the, you know, well, not really original new guardians, but in terms of Blackest Night, original new guardians. So he may, you know, be saying that in quotes as like, you know, well, I was a new guardian before they were. Yeah. If it is Hal Jordan. <clears throat> Even if it is, yeah, I don't think that's why. I mean, this is this is like the third or fourth time somebody in the pages of a story has said the term new guardians when talking about a group of lanterns of different color and I don't know, I groaned then and I groaned now. You know, I don't think it's anything more than them just kind of winking at us and crap. Um, I, I appreciated the line when Carol comes out of it where he's just like, how do you people keep doing this? Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking too, the whole issue. I'm like, like, I really dislike the fact that Kyle wasn't special in that regard, you know? Like, like, he's so far along, and he's a White Lantern, therefore it makes sense to me that he could shake free of Volthoom's tricks. But, like, the fact that, oh, Carol and Larflees and St. Walker all can do it. You know, that's that made it, I don't know. Well, I think Carol Ferris is really, that was the only stretch for me in this in this issue, but... Even then, you know, it's like the last, her last thoughts are of love, you know? So, and that, that's the trigger that saves her life, basically. Um, so I'll, I'll buy it for that, you know, for the, for that reason. But I mean, like, you know, I, I, I love the fact that with Larflees and St. Walker, their true nature shine through because... You know, it's it's so core to their character. You know, like Larflees, Larflees is so entrenched in greed that even with these fake realities, you know, it's like the greed is seeping through. Like he emanates so much greed that even by wrapping a fake, you know, universe around him to try and trick him. You know, it, there's so much bleed through that, you know, he, he can't enjoy himself. You know, he, he, it's impossible. He's too contaminated by greed. Yeah. Um, and I, I think part, like, part of my issue with the Larflees thing is, like, I felt like they were trying to play it for comedy, but it didn't really work with me. The, the second one, like, I definitely got a chuckle out of that, you know. Telling him, telling him to, that his emotions are his own, and the first night and actually just giving up. Yeah, I mean, like I think the Larfley story could have benefited from being more like Green Lantern Corps, where we see Volthoom trying again and again and again and again, because like once like we got to the the second one and Volthoom just gives up. I'm like, I my reaction, like I was like, wait, he gave up? Yeah, but. It's not. It wasn't just like his second try. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, like he says that, you know, like he basically says that he tried over and over again with Larflees. 
I know. You know, like the first, the first one that we see, he says, you know, you are really starting to annoy me because he keeps on, you know, running him through these scenarios and it, you know, it keeps on seeping through. So basically like what they did in, uh, you know, Green Lantern Corps, it's like you take an entire, you know, they, well, they took an entire book to give us a whole bunch of what if scenarios and none of them meant anything and none of them had any impact. So with this, you know, they're kind of like, they're skipping ahead and just saying, you know, it's like, well, you know, we did, we already did a bunch of these and he, he's, you know, breaking through and I'm going to try a few more, but in the end it's just like, well, there's no point. There's just no point because he's gotten through so many of them. And yeah. I think they made a bigger. Well, they, I, I know they made a much bigger impact here in a few pages than they did in Green Lantern Corps with an entire book. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I this I feel like would have come off a lot better if Larfleeze got an issue or like half an issue to himself. Because like I mean like the I think the big difference here is that at least by the end here they were trying to be funny with it and like if we got more pages of that that was played a little different little differently like it would have i don't know the only thing i got out of this larfley's thing was hey it's cool to see him with both of those rings and this kind of diminishes volthoom as a threat a little bit because okay now he can he can butt up against Larfleeze and quit so it's it's like I don't know I like he should have been able to force this to have force it to work on Larfleeze except they pulled back because they wanted to have a funny moment well well but I mean he also says that greed is the least palatable of emotions you know, so he's going around, and he's, he wants to feed. He wants to get stronger. So it gets to a point where, like, there's just, you know, the, it's the, uh, what is it, the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he can keep on spending time with Larflees, but eventually it's just like, okay, well, I'm just not going to get anything out of this. So you cut your losses, and you, you go to another, you know, another, you know, another person. Oh, yeah, no, and I get that, but, like, every single other thing we've read that has Volthoom in it has tried to hit us over the head with the idea that Volthoom is so insanely powerful that this never should have happened. Uh, I don't know. I, I I definitely appreciate it. And the other thing is, with the first part of the Larflea story, like, I don't know, I thought that was kind of touching. You know, in in a way that, like, here you have Larflees, and he's actually reunited with his family. Which yeah, it was the nice. the only thing that he he's, you know, really wants. And because of his, you know, his greed is seeping through, he still can't even enjoy it. Yeah, it was nice to see him with them in, like, the living room and everything. So, and then, I mean, with the Larflees, the, the, the St. Walker thing, um... I mean, I, I, I love that, too, because, you know, he he would make a good Green Lantern, but, 
you know, at his at his very core, you know, it's the hope that drives him. So when you put him up against an unwinnable situation, you know, and he's still going to have hope, and that's going to you know break through. It's, you know, I I bought it. I bought it all. I love this issue. I this was an absolute buy for me. This is probably my my favorite issue in like in a few months. Wow. Yeah. And I do like how the Saint Walker story kind of harkens back to his actual origin where like yeah. he he lost his family and then that's when he really embraced the power of hope. So like this kind of happened differently here but he kind of he worked his way to the same conclusion in a different way and under different circumstances. And I did like seeing Carol like getting her like I I, I mean I'm a Carol Ferris fan. You know, she, like, I like that she got a chance to shine here where she's calling the shots and then she kind of pulls herself out of the bad guy's thrall. But at the same time, I don't know, I have, the, I have the same problems. I mean, I've already talked about it enough. Like, I have the problem with all these people being able to get out of, out of the, the, the Volthum holodeck, you know. <laughs> um... Well, what you go with uh, with Saint Walker? They don't really, you know, they don't really explain what happens next. Oh yeah, you know, so like, maybe he didn't. You know, like that's that's the first time he tried, and he was able to get out of it. You know, it's like oh, I underestimated you. Well, we don't know if you know. Does he give up? Does he keep trying? Does he eventually get him? Yeah, I mean, realistically, this could be like they cut it off a panel before he goes, yes, I remember, or, you know, he could just go to the next possible delusion. And the other thing is, you know, like, one might, one could definitely raise the argument that you might have a better shot against, you know, like breaking through one of Volthum's, you know, alternate, you know, timelines if you're not a Green Lantern, you know, because, you know, Green Lantern, you know, you're, you're at the middle of the emotional spectrum. Now, you know, we know that, you know, the different Green Lanterns tend to skew one way or another in terms of, you know, actual emotions and whatnot. But I mean, if you're completely powered by hope, you're basically, you're talking about the, you know, the guy that's, that carries the entire hope core. You know, like, there, if there's anybody that, you know, carries the Green Lantern Corps, you know, you're talking about, well, I mean, arguably Hal Jordan. Um, and I say arguably because, you know, there are options out there. But he's taken off the table right now. So you can't show what's going to happen with him at the moment. Um you know, Larfleet is you have, you know, he's the only member of, you know, the Orange Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, and you could, I guess you could make the, the example, like, Larfleet, especially with how much power he has and how intense it is, it would be that much harder to, to get him. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no, I, but I love this issue. I mean, to me, this was like, this is very close to... Like a tale of tales of the core. Oh yeah. Type it. 
you know, that's I, I've been wanting that for a really long time. So, yeah, and like I mean, I when I first read this issue, I walked away from it going, "Well, that was a great cover," but um, this issue's a pass. But you know, talking to you about it, I I'll I, I'll give it a like a low borrow. It's because I'm like I still I just didn't get that much out of it. Yeah, so. no. This to me, this is a, a definite buy. Um, I think this is this me the most fun book I've read. You know, throughout the, for Wrath of the First Lander. Can we agree though that every single one of these artists does an absolute shitty job of Volthoom? Uh, I don't know. It's 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 weird because like since it's he's such an odd character to draw. I mean, like if they if they didn't try to give him like the normal flat face, then maybe like. Because other artists have just, like, washed out the face entirely and made it part of his whole light dealy. But this, all of these guys are like, well, he's going to have this big black face plate surrounded by everything else. And it, it, it looks so ugly. And all three artists do it. You, you know, I think it's like, in concept, it's probably, a, you know, a fun idea to work with for the character. But in practice, it's very difficult to pull off and have look good. I don't know, because this is the first time it's really jumped out at me. Because I think this is the first time we've seen somebody try to do it with such, like, with so much solid color in him, as opposed to playing with the detail and the lighting. Um, I did like the fact that there were three different art styles. Oh yeah, I mean, same thing for um, with Green Lantern. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, it was it was really appropriate because like we really were in three different worlds with this. So, yeah, definite buy for me. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it saved them time in making the book, but they like this wasn't just regular like fill in stuff. Like with both of these issues this month, they came up with appropriate story reasons to change out artists and I really appreciate that. Uh-huh. Yep. So buy for you, mm-hmm. low borrow for me. Yeah. Definitely worth a read though. Oh yeah. Oh god, that's right. I have yeah. a few red lanterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why did you volunteer for this one? Was this was this your second favorite? No. Did you love this one too? Was this the second favorite book you've read in months? No, um, what'd you call it? The, uh, there was no way that I was going to be able to keep all the, you know, Green Lantern core stories straight in my head. And Green Lantern, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was just too much going on in that one for me to really be able to accurately review it. Um, yeah, Red Lanterns, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. Uh, come on. Uh, okay, Red Lantern number 18, written by Peter Milligan, uh, art by Miguel Sepulveda. Uh, you got First Lantern, 
going up against Atrocitus and, uh, you know, what if, you know, let's go back in time to, you know, the point that kicked off all your rage, you know, with the, the Manhunters wiped out your entire planet. Uh, what if we could change that, you know, and, you know, you wouldn't succumb to the rage, then what? Um, and basically, oh my god, basically, Atrocitus, who is a psychiatrist on his world, uh, he ends up becoming a freedom fighter, <laughs> starting a revolution, and takes over the government, um, uh, then also we're flashing back and forth between Rancor, who is now having a picnic with that woman that he saved uh, by mysteriously breaking the arm of her assailant. Uh, they're having a picnic, and he's still got his, uh, his construct on so that he looks normal, because otherwise he looks just too crazy. <laughs> he's got face paint on. Around his eyes, it's 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 bizarre. Can't have that. So uh, Atrocitus, uh, the you know peace-loving psychiatrist, now he uh, a despot. Uh, he controls his entire planet. He basically kills random people and claims that they're traitors in order to use terror to uh, keep his people subjugated. Uh you know, he's slapping his wife around. Um, you know, he's got mistresses and whores, and uh, he has his wife put to death as a traitor. Um, so in return, his son ends up murdering him. Uh, and then the slander is like, oh, so, you know, what do you want? You know, I can either, I can give you the universe that already happened, uh, where you know you're this rage-filled monster, or I can take away the rage and you know you'll end up dying from gunshot wounds from your son because you're such a horrible person. Which would, which would you rather be? And uh, Atrocitus makes the most <laughs> selfish decision in all of you know the history of time he says no <laughs> he's like i would i would much rather you know feel this rage than have to die at the hands of my son so he condemns his entire planet to death just so that he doesn't have to experience his son killing him um and uh oh yeah and also uh back on earth um Rancor ends up going back to the girl's place, and uh, he's like, "I have, I have something to, t- to tell you." <laughs> and she automatically thinks he's gay or married, uh, none of which is true. So he has this this horrible secret that he needs to to tell her. Um, but just before he's able to tell her, they go into her room, and Blees is hiding in the corner like a spider. Um, but, and, and at that point, Rancor's construct dissolves so that he looks like Rancor again. And at that point, the girl is no longer concerned with 
the woman with giant bone wings coming out of her, her back, hiding up in the corner, like uh. spitting vomit blood out of her, her mouth. Her eyes are bright red. It's basically like the scariest fucking thing you could possibly imagine in your entire life. She is now no longer concerned with that at all because she just saw the scariest thing in her life. Just man wearing makeup around his eyes and his hair's on fire. <laughs> uh, so she runs away and she can't deal with that. It's just, it's too much for her. Um, that's, that's basically it. Then uh, <laughs> the first lantern says, you know, I'm going to take the great heart now because it's basically like a battery. Uh, I can use it to do whatever the hell I want with the universe. I wish we would find out what that is. It doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, Atrocitus sends out a message to his Red Lanterns that he was the one responsible for the massacre on Riot. Yeah, he says, I found the individual responsible for the massacre. All Red Lanterns execute the great criminal named Atrocitus. Which is him. Oh my god. How's that gonna work out? Oh man. Now, I kind I get his point because he just had the chance to make a decision that would have stopped the Manhunter's destroying that sector yeah and <clears throat> he he wants to basically punish himself for fucking that up this is stupid isn't it yeah yeah it is um yeah. listen this this whole issue is like completely idiotic and i mean the thing the thing that gets me the most about this one is right in the be- right in the beginning where the first lantern appears to Atrocitus. Mm. Atrocitus says, who are you? He actually stutters. But who are you? You know, because Atrocitus stutters. <clears throat> he replies, I am Volthum, the first lantern, the most powerful creature you've ever met. But for all my power, I have a problem. I am easily bored. I'm hoping an investigation of your lifeline might ease my NUI. So, God, so he's like, you know, he just wants to enjoy himself. So basically, it's like Peter Milligan doesn't even know what Wrath of the First Lantern storyline is about. Yeah, well, I mean... They didn't, it's like they didn't tell him. It's like all of the Lantern writers got together and had a big party. And then afterwards, they sent Peter Milligan a text message saying, oh yeah, here's some basic information. Write your comics, but it won't matter. So just do whatever you're going to do anyway. Although I think the way that Volthum talks and carries himself and like the way he explains things in this issue are pretty consistent with us finding out in Green Lantern that this guy was a psychopath who was torturing and killing millions of people. Like, yeah, but, but right now his entire mission is gaining enough power to change the universe. Yeah, but he he doesn't need to expressly state that 
to everybody he tortures to squeeze out their power. And yet he does, except here, where he basically says, <laughs> uh, I'm bored, so you're going to entertain me. Yeah, I mean, look, do you think he went up to every one of those millions of victims the first time around and said, Hi, I'm Valthum. I'm a psychotic serial murderer. Yeah, I'm going to torture you now. <laughs> at that time, he wasn't trying to charge up, you know, and gain enough energy. In every other issue in this storyline, and well, except for Red Lanterns, because this is the first, you know, they're meeting, he makes a point of, at some point, saying about how, you know, their emotions, you know, feed him and power him up so that he will be able to take over the universe. And it's like right here, he has a completely different motive where... He's basically just screwing with the Trocidus because it's fun and he's bored right now. You don't think he enjoyed screwing with Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner and Jon Stewart? Oh, he, I think he probably did, but that was not the purpose. He was doing I know, it because he was hungry. He was still doing it to get power. Like He doesn't have to expressly state, I am doing this to get power from you in order like that doesn't like the fact that he doesn't say that sentence in here does not mean that's not what he's doing or that's not why he's doing it. We already know we've been we've been beaten over the head so many times already with the fact that that's why he's doing what he's doing. Okay. We don't need to hear it in every issue. Well, we've been beaten over the head with it in the other issues for the other storylines. Now we're in Red Lanterns. This is the yeah. first time that this has happened in Red Lanterns, and he he doesn't say it. So now, if somebody wasn't reading the other books, then they'd read this and be like, "Oh, this. Oh, so this guy's basically just a bored dick, and he's just you know pulling Atrocitus's puppet strings because he can." Yeah, which is what he did forever, anyway. And like at the end of this issue. <clears throat> We find out, you know, and I think this is a little, like, I blame this one more on the New Guardians issue than this issue, that he didn't even really care about Atrocitus. He came to Maltus for the Great Heart. And that there spells out, like, this is this is where I'm going to get all the energy I need to do whatever the hell it is I'm going to do. So, like, you still read this issue, you know why he's taking power out of people. Now, now, besides that, besides all that, you have Atrocitus, who, who was a psychiatrist. <clears throat> he was a peace-loving psychiatrist who, when he finally did take up, you know, rage, it was a righteous rage, you know, because of his family. Um, now he's just, or he's a revolutionary who ends up becoming a power-hungry despot. You know, this is the second issue in a row where some bad guy has made Atrocitus an offer to take his rage away. <laughs> and each time, and both times, he's ended up saying no. I mean, I don't, I don't really choke that up to Atrocitus not wanting, you know, his rage. Um, or you know, wanting to hold on to his rage. I mean, I think that's just, you know, poor storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and obviously I think that the whole thing with Rancor is just like, 
This is the, the stupidest story you could possibly tell. Yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, like there are some good things throughout this issue. I want to call out, like the, <clears throat> like once we're in the the Atrocitus world, <clears throat> I like how you know, especially during that execution scene, like I like how you know his his clothing and like the use of shadow, like it, it evokes imagery of like the Red Skull. In like Nazi Germany kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I love that shot of Blees up in the corner of the ceiling. Like it's a like the thing I love about Miguel Sepulveda on this book is how like every now and then they'll give us like this like really demonic sh- like panel where you know it really comes out like like this is a horrifying character and, like. It hits you with that one. Like I wish this this was on the like the left page, so that it could have been like a page turn, kind of hit you in the face, kind of thing. But like even on the page before that, where they turn on the lights and you just see the shadows of her bone wings, like giant spider legs all across the room. That was really not, like that was a cool choice. I'm glad they made. Um, and I like I like. How they you like I, by the time we got to the end of this issue, I had forgotten the Great Heart existed, <laughs> but I thought it made all the sense in the world that Volthum would want this, and he would because like if if he didn't go after that thing and like drink it up like a giant juice box, we would have been sit, call, like crying foul about how like hey wait a second, Peter Milligan introduced this giant tub full of emotional energy and the guy who feeds on it to charge himself up didn't go after it but he went after atrocitus what huh yeah i i can't wait till next month's books where we find out that the great heart plays no part whatsoever in anything (laughs) it's just some crazy concept that milligan came up with off somebody else's spare notes i was also really pleased you know we i talked about how much i hated how Volthum looked in the last issue. Yeah. I love the way he looks in this issue. They play him up, like, like, he looks, he looks really imposing and creepy and powerful and casually normal all at the same time. Like, like, he's got the facial expressions and the body language of like a regular person who is like a serial killer but the way they portray like his power coming off of him and like the lighting effects on his skin like it really hits you with how insanely powerful he's supposed to be yeah whatever <laughs> uh, this is awful yeah did you did you at least like the touch that in this other world Atrocitus was killed by hate? No, actually, the only the only thing that I slightly picked up on was that the when the when the sun does fire at him, it's almost like the boom 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 from the you know the heartbeat yeah the ring yeah on oh, that panel below it where it's like all red. With his hand and like the bo- the black blood spatter, that that like that's awesome looking. Um, yeah, I would 
I would rank this definitely no more than a borrow. I, I wouldn't even say borrow. Just say pass. Uh, I th- this is... I don't know, mid to high borrow. Really? This, for me, this is this is right below Green Lantern. It's my favorite of the month. <laughs> oh, man. And even had a great cover. God. Uh, oh, well. There's the 18 bucks. Yes. Oh, man. Pretty quick. Yeah. Well, it's still been an hour and a half, so no, not really. <laughs> well, for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I guess the 19 books, yeah, most of them I think are out now, if not all of them. Yeah, um, I should I should have my DCBS box, I think, the first weekend of May, so we'll get to those sooner rather than later, probably. Yeah, I... I'm not sure though, because I have a feeling like I hope I'm wrong, but I, I feel like you know when you get to that point in the storyline, then you have a lot of like kind of filler stuff as you just wait for the ending to come. Oh my god! You mean we haven't had filler stuff yet? I mean, like more filler stuff. What the? Heck? There's only two rounds of books left. Exactly. This so, is exactly what I was talking about before, how I don't want there to be any grand mystery about Balthoom and who he is and what this is and what that means, because they're not, they don't have time anymore. Well, listen, this, no, that's not true. That's not true because they would have time if they were willing to put it in a different book. Yeah, but like right, like, Yeah, uh-huh. like right now, like, as, like, if we just start to imagine what the end games are... For like some of these, you know, some of the storylines in the books, like we know that Volthoom wants to change things. Now I can see Volthoom changing things, you know, pretty permanently in Green Lantern, you know, like the main Green Lantern story, because that's where you know the big stuff happens. Um, whether he wants to like change Guardians or you know do something with Hal Jordan or Black Hand or whatever, you know, you can get all that done in Green Lantern. But I mean, like, with Green Lantern Corps, okay, well, now you've done, you know, you've handled Guy Gardner, you've handled Jon Stewart, you've handled Fatality, not that that really matters to, you know, Green Lantern Corps. And I think the next one is some of the other various Green Lantern Corps members uh, oh, God. that have popped up. So, I mean, like, for, like the final the final issue, like, you know, what is he, they're just going to be, like, hanging out at a bus stop, just, you know, just talking, because there's nothing left to do. Like, I would love it if, if, like, okay, let's say, let's say somewhere in the issue 19s, we, like, whichever the last one of those that comes out is, we get the, the revelation of this is what Volthoom is doing. And then all of the issue 20s are just, like, racing to the conclusion as everybody has to deal with that. Because that would give you, like, four issues. Like, I know Green Lantern is going to be oversized in its in number 20. I don't know if any of the others are. But you would have so much page space to play with whatever you want 
as long as you have like the full like you will basically have like a four-part story to say okay here's what boom and his deal now let's let's go let's go have fun on our way out now what you call it green lantern number 20 that's gonna be a double size that's probably is that gonna be the final part of the story yeah oh god that's more than double size that's 64 pages now my question is like because the way that they're going right now it's green lantern then green lantern core then new guardians then red lanterns are they going to like put out like green lantern core new guardians red lanterns and then green lantern number 20 so that you know it can be like the the final installment you know, and everything else will come out, or are the other books going to be like epilogue books, or what? I don't know. I, as far as I'm, as far as I know, Green Lantern twenty is the is the last part of the story. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll mess with the publishing schedule just for that month, or maybe, I mean, it, look, it could go the way it's been going, where you have the main, the only real story going on the last two rounds of books has been in Green Lantern. And the rest has just been kind of farting around doing their own thing. It's like they might just do that with the 20 month too. Mm. <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still I I'm still excited to see how it ends. More like not so much for the story because I'm obviously not invested in that at all. But like. I really, I am looking forward to reading Green Lantern number twenty, just because I really want to see, you know, yeah, the final supersized Jeff Johns exit issue. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody, I think, is going to be, you know, looking forward to that issue. And and I'll say core as well, just because it's Peter Tomasi, and you know his run with the book. I want to see his final issue as well too. But like, I I feel less invested in that from a story perspective, whereas I feel like. If there's anything really cool story-wise that's going to happen in the end, it's going to be in the Johns one. So yeah, well, you know, I th- and I think that's that's another good point as far as like Jeff Johns is leaving, and obviously this story is his. It's his baby, and he's getting a huge ass comic to wrap everything up. Now, you know, Tomasi's been writing the book for you know. Green Lantern Corps for God knows how long and his final issue is going to have to tie into John Jeff Johns' story so it's like he doesn't you know like he has to tie into you know Wrath of the First Lantern he doesn't get his own um you know his own story that he gets to come up with you know for for goodbyes you know and really nobody gets that except for Jeff Johns so while I think Green Lantern number 20 is going to be epic, the other ones, like, they have the potential to be really great final books, um, but they also have the potential to just be, like, you know, another notch in the, you know, in the storyline. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that we do get kind of a day-in-the-life kind of issue out of Green Lantern Core 20. Because every, <clears throat> going back years now, every time we get a major Jeff Johns event in the Green Lantern books, it's always immediately followed by an issue of Green Lantern Corps, where Peter Tomasi just grabs his characters, 
shows a little downtime, a little rebuilding, a little, you know, here's the State of the Union, and kind of transitions everybody into, you know, that like, this is the cool down, and now we can go to what's next. And, like, I think that would be really, that would be, like, it's going to be something that might be needed as, like, kind of like a little transitional piece, and it would serve as a nice, nice exit point for him, too. I don't know. Let's see. What, we'll see what happens. We will see, indeed. Um, is that basically it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's good because I'm tired. All right. <laughs> so, if you'd like to contact us, uh, you can call us at seven zero eight Lantern. Leave us a voicemail. You can write us at lanterncast at gmail dot com. Uh, you could go to lanterncast.com, find all of our myriad of contact information. Um, also, join our forums and talk to other Green Lantern fans there. It's a nice little community. Um, you can find us on Facebook by searching Green, uh, by searching Green Lantern. Well, probably that too, but search Lanterncast. That's faster. Uh, same thing for Twitter, and I assume that's how you find us on Stitcher. I don't know how Stitcher works. Um, and, you know, look for us on iTunes as well, because that's where most people seem to get us. And if you're feeling so inclined, leave a review. And if it's going to be one star, you know, be sure to mention chat a lot. <laughs> uh, if it's going to be one star, then make sure that you type in the right address, I-T-O-N-E-S. Yeah, I itons. Yeah. 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 Itons. That's them. Yep. Okie doke. Good night, everybody. Good night.